to activism is not just like one singular person that has like um like education or like has this uh big role in society but it's like everyday people young people are change makers visionaries courageous optimistic getting things done leaders and activists we all have a story to share it's time to pass the mic join us Nuera Nyota, luke sheely and sam chan on hashtag pass the mic youth as young people involved with all aspects of activism share their story because, because our voices matter Welcome to the very first episode of Hashtag Pass the Mic Youth. We are so excited about this brand new podcast, a new adventure that we're going to go on with all of you, talking with young leaders and young activists about the work that they're doing. We want to use this platform to amplify the voices of youth activists um, all around the world who are doing incredible work in their communities, and we want to highlight that here. And we want to continue to build this community. It's in activism work, it can sometimes feel like you're just one person trying to make an effort, but there are so many people around the world make it, doing this work and making the world a better place. I think now, too, is the time that we've seen so many young people in the news, in big positions, and getting things done that a lot of adults are now more open to our ideas, our voices, and our opinions. And it's time that we make those opinions heard. And so often we hear about all the bad news that's going on in the world, in our country, all the negative impacts that people are having um, and the environment and like all the things that are going on. But this podcast is here to highlight work that people are putting in to make their communities better and make the world a better place. Show that, you know, there's there's good stuff happening all around us. And for me, when I think about activism work, I think of these giant people, amazing activists that we hear about in history books. But recognizing and learning more that activism is the stuff that you and I are doing on a day-to-day basis. Activism doesn't have to mean being at the very front of the march, at the protest, being the one leading all of it. I think work that people do in their everyday life is activism work. Yeah, there are so many ways that we can all be activists from marching and protesting to writing a letter to a politician and making our voices heard through our elected officials and um, speaking to our friends even and just making what we care about known to the world. I sat down with Sydney Uriarte, a Nicaraguan student at NC State University, to talk about her experience. Sydney and her mother had planned a trip to Nicaragua to visit her grandmother for her 80th birthday. Shortly before their trip, President Daniel Ortega and his wife and Vice President Rosario Murillo announced a decree to increase taxes and reduce pension in an effort to fix the problems with Nicaragua's social security plan. He had said that pension cuts were going to happen, and so people's grandmothers, uh, grandparents, and fathers were going to have more money being taken from their checks for corruption, because like everybody knows that they're pretty corrupt. Mm-hmm. And so the students, like people my age, protested um, peacefully in Managua, the capital, There were um, paramilitary groups sent by the government, obviously, that first started using rubber bullets to um, go against the students, even though they weren't doing anything. The students were just peacefully marching. Um, Rubber bullets turned into real bullets. And then everything after that, after April 19th, has been 
pretty intense. It's just like people have had their breaking point. They're like, we're not going to stand for this anymore. Protesters can be heard in the background chanting, eran estudiantes, no eran delincuentes, which translates to they were students, not criminals. The mothers, like in Nicaragua, like they've become prominent figures of the protests because like they would bury their sons um, one day and the very next day they're out there protesting like they have no time to grieve. And so like we really feel for those mothers because it's hundreds of them now. The activism is not just like one singular person that has like um, like education or like has this uh, big role in society, but it's like everyday people. Seeing more of the situation, we kind of made light of it. And my mom was like, we can go to the protests together and we can like do all these things. And I was like, sure, like that'd be really, it'd be good to experience that and to be with my cousins protesting with them and making sure that, you know, they're not the only ones there in that situation. It's not just Nicaraguenses, it's, it's like people outside also still participating and um, getting the word out and like trying to fight the people that were um, being oppressed by. There was one March that it was the Dia de la Madres, so Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. And Mother's Day in, in Nicaragua is like a party. Like it's always a party because like mothers are like the foundation in which everything thrives. Throughout the country, people came to support the mothers of Nicaragua. Masses were held in churches with attendees all in black out of solidarity. Unlike other marches, this one was completely silent. For many mothers at the march, this was a somber demonstration of their pain. For that one, I did go with my mom. It was kind of like, for that one, you could, I think there was like a respect. It was kind of like, don't like mess with the march because it's not, it wasn't so, I don't know, there wasn't as much anger. It was just like, let's mourn with the mothers, like let's be silent and everything. And my mother went with me with that one, or like, we, we had an understanding that we were all going to go. Mm -hmm. And so I went with my mom, and it was it was very, like, cool to see that I am her daughter, mm -hmm. <laughs> and she had gone through this. And, like, now I'm seeing that in, like, a different lens, not just hearing about it or, like, reading about it in history books, but I'm, like, living it. Are there any people in your family who, or I guess in, in Nicaragua in general, who are opposed to, like, the protesting and who don't want you out there in the streets? So I'm from Kenya originally. My parents moved to the U.S. to sort of get away, I think, just to sort of live in a place where corruption arguably isn't like as much mm -hmm. of a, like a, has much of an impact on your on your like daily life. And they they would not let me pro like protests even here in the U.S., which are generally safer than protests in Kenya or yeah. in Nicaragua. Yeah. Um, they would not they like any Black Lives Matter, any sort of thing like that. They are not on board with it. And they just, their reasoning for that, which I guess I've heard two different lines of reasoning from immigrant yeah. parents mm -hmm. in general, which tends to be, um, you don't know how lucky you have it here. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> even you can protest a lot of things here in the U.S., like there are injustices, but it's nothing compared to where we came from. Yeah. And you're just lucky to even have these opportunities. And yeah. you, I start to feel guilty for even protesting oh. anything in general. So I was just wondering if you, if you felt any of that from, from your side. It's very different. Like for protests here, I don't think, uh, 
I've ever protested like here. I mean, I've protested like on campus, like Mm -hmm. for Black Lives Matter. And it, it, it does feel different. Or here, I guess you have a certain like curtain, I guess, mm-hmm. of not being like harmed. Mm-hmm. But like, obviously, there's been people that are, mm-hmm. have like lost their lives during these protests. It, it does feel different, but it's like a different type of feeling, I guess. Right. And I don't think they know that I protested here already. <laughs> Growing up, I, there's like pictures of my mom. Like she has like AK-47, like bullet, like the like the thing, like the um the belt. Mm-hmm like across her chest and she has like she's smoking like a cigarette and like, she looks pretty raw and I'm like oh snap mom like you you were you did that <laughs> and so the things about like the generations were so weird my mom was telling me because all the all the opinions are like floating through Facebook mm-hmm. because that has been like one mode of media that everyone's getting the information so there was like this um pastor I guess he posted on on Facebook and he was saying like who would have thought that the kids that are always on their phones, like that seem super lazy, are the ones that are bringing this to the light, are the ones that are like at the very front and are protesting. Like who would have thought it was gonna be them? And they thought, um, my mom was like, this is true. Like I like I would have never thought that those 18 year olds, 9, 20 year olds would be the ones like who, who thought that they cared or anything. And so she began to like, think about it or I guess um making like a deep analysis about it and it was crazy to think um that it was us but it makes sense so I'm, I'm gonna try and break it down okay. <laughs> so my parents generations so they had a certain fear instilled in them because they saw that the pueblos were damaged like completely destroyed growing up and they saw like the reconstruction and everything so they have a certain like feeling like I guess fear is is what they had like just automatically um, mm-hmm. from birth. But then my generation is like we we were born and everything looked normal because everything had been done before we were born. Like we don't know what they went through. And so we're going to take it in our own hands and, and do it. Like something just clicked for us. And I was just like, mom, like who? Like you couldn't think that I would do that. Like, our generation would do that. Like, right. we're on social media, not just to, right. like, post funny things. It's like, it circulates our news. There's this one kid, um, I'm pretty sure he was born American, but he goes to Nicaragua for university. Like, his parents are Nicaraguense. And um, there was, a, like, a dialogue for, like, a day where everyone that was protesting and the president was there to hear him out, like, quote-unquote, hear him out. But... Mm-hmm. I think that kind of um, showed how ignorant the president was in hearing everyone's um, feelings. This student activist, who was about 20 years old, stood up in front of the president and other officials to make his voice heard. And he was like, this is a dialogue, not for you like to stay in power. Like, this is, we're talking so you can, like, leave. And he he was saying, like, how, can, how dare you just stand in your cave and not admit that you killed 80 people at the time? or whatever Mm -hmm. and like face to face he said that you know Mm -hmm. and then after shortly after that people were like his life his life is at risk and it has been ever since that Mm -hmm. and people thought he went back to Miami to to flee so that he didn't have to like face with that but like he he was at the marches the very next day and he was like I how how can I leave like how can I leave um and just not 
do like my duty and all that so i i like he's been a prominent figure too and like props to him like props to like all the students that have been at the front lines like i can't like it it just hurts knowing that we're the same age mm-hmm. and they're not even going to school anymore like they can't get their education mm-hmm. because of all that's happening like they have to Oh, it's just and they're and they're doing this like knowing that they're pro- they're not gonna come forward because of like their fear of like they're not gonna like get any like credit so to speak for it. Yeah, and like, I don't think anyone's doing it for like not, fame mm-hmm. or of course not. Like there's this one video of this girl saying like, um, "Forgive me, mom," because she's like at the barricade and they're like shooting at him, and she's like at the university, I think, and she's like, "Forgive me, mom." I have to do this, like, I have to do this for my country. And, like, I don't know, like, I see that video and it gets so, um, like, it pulls on my heartstrings a lot that there's not much that we can do. Like, me now, over here, except, like, just communicate with other people what's happening, making sure that it's, it's known because it's still happening. How was talking with Sydney for you, New Era? I just, I felt like I connected with her experience a lot because she was talking about, you know, another country that she calls home that she doesn't live in and um, cares deeply about, cares deeply about the their politics and their people. And it was just really inspiring to hear her have so much heart for Nicaragua. Her experience was was very powerful for me. Her connection with her mom was really striking for me, the way that their stories sort of mirrored each other. Her mom was also protesting when she was young and was there protesting with her like when she was there, you know, in in Nicaragua. So I'm also very close with my mom and I just, I felt the connection that, that they had and their differences. They clearly, you know, had different ideas, but they still came together, especially on that Mother's Day march that was I'm I'm sure for the people there, extremely, you know, sad, a very sad day as, you know, mothers who had buried their children. Her and her mom have very similar experiences with activism. And so I, I'm sure for them it was even more powerful. Throughout all this time that was happening, it sounds like she learned a lot about the history of her family, too, about her mom's past experience as an activist but it seems like, too, she was talking about how now the older generation has more fear now and that it's the younger generation who really has to take up that mantle that their parents once held as the activists, as making their voices heard of their family and the troubles that they're, they're going through and the things that they're facing besides um, the policy that the president might introduce with making people's taxes higher and their pensions lower, but really taking the burdens of their family and and letting people know about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will say that is one thing that is so clear to me when hearing her story and like reflecting on my story as well, is that um, hearing from your parents like the caution that they have in their voice when you know when they warn you not to like, be too loud in these protests, not to make yourself heard too much. And it sounds like they're, you know, like afraid or whatever, but then you hear stories of what they did, like, you know, protesting in their youth and you just, it's such a distinction and you 
it's like they you don't understand how they can't expect you to be inspired by them like you're the ones that are doing these incredible like activism isn't new you guys were doing this back then too I don't you know it's almost like you're the ones you like you're the reason that I'm doing this and mm-hmm. so um it's just really interesting to see the distinction between that you know I guess them then and then how they are now her mom was so shocked that she was that Sydney and all the other young people were the ones at the front lines of this movement, the ones really making this change and pushing for this change. So it was neat to see that hearing about Sydney's mom's past, but also seeing what Sydney's mom thought about Sydney and what her expectations for were for her to be an activist, as well as when the pastor talked about like, oh, you kids are always on social media. Like I'm shocked. Like y'all are typically known to be lazy. Like. This is what you all are doing, though. This is why you're here. Like, you are the ones at the front leading this. So that was really cool to see and inspiring to see the adults wake up and really give credit to the people who are leading the movement, the young people doing this. Yeah, social media for sure is a powerful, powerful tool that they were using throughout the entire situation in Nicaragua. And the pastor, too, I think he posted that on social media. Social media isn't just for like taking what house and Harry Potter are you quizzes there the way that we connect with the world that we hear our news and that we communicate with our friends and our friends who are with us and friends maybe across the world the young people are the masters with social media right like we're the ones who I would say in a lot of cases I know for me have taught our parents how to use social media and how to use a lot of these technologies the internet technologies that go along with it absolutely even now in um sudan this sort of the same situation as what was happening in nicaragua um they a lot of sudanese people are in the streets marching and calling for the president to resign and um are facing pushback from the government in the same way and one of the ways that the government has decided to take power from the people is to get rid of the internet and so they have taken down almost all the way like across sudan taken down all the internet access And it's young people who, you know, refused to be cowed by this and said, you know, we have a solution to this. It's VPN. Just get on the VPN and it'll you you can, you know, access all the sites to organize Twitter and whatnot. And it's it's incredible how, you know, the government can try to put up roadblocks um, to to the to the voices of people, their people to, you know, be heard. And, you know, they're literally out there marching in the streets. And it's it's so empowering that these young people saw the government's uh, attempt just so minor. <laughs> they were like, this is not going to stop us. Mm-hmm. We are fighting for a reason. And we, you know, our, the reason is more powerful than anything that you can put in our way. And um, that's that's incredible. I think something that really struck me that Sydney talked about was the video clip of the young woman who was telling in the video, like, I'm so sorry, mom, like, I have to do this for my country. And it really is something that we as young people have taken on ourselves to do. We need to make this change in the world because if we're not going to do it, who is? This is something that we see as our duty, and it is to make a change in the world. And I think something that I found really interesting as well is this isn't just people, like, movements are happening right now. We talk about the civil rights movement as as if it was going on just in the past, but it is still happening today and all these movements are happening today they start at very small levels grassroots levels and they become these huge movements 
And even if a mo movement doesn't become huge and super well-known, it is still just as important. It is unfair to discredit people and say that the work you're doing is small or not that important because this work is crucial and this is the work that really will create change. Yeah, and it's not just like, big, huge names to people with political power already or people who are well-known or have, you know, lots and lots of followers. It's all of us. It's everyday people who need to do this work and who are doing this work. And we want to hear about the work you're doing. We want to pass the mic to you. We want to hear your story. We have a submission link at our website and we would love for you to submit your story and we would love to get the chance to get to know you better, maybe feature you in our blog or even on our podcast. We want to pass the mic to you. And not just uh, an interview or your experience, anything that you've made from art to music to like spoken word poetry, we want to hear what you have to say. And we're here to amplify your voices. So if you want to reach out, feel free to drop by on Twitter and Instagram at Pass the Mic Youth. We want to hear what you have to say. Thanks so much for tuning in to the first episode of this new thing we're doing. We hope to continue this journey of speaking with young activists and learning about their journey and what they're working on and what you're working on too. So stick with us. This podcast is a product of NC State Extension, but does not necessarily represent its views. Thank you so much to Nate Browning and Josh Thorne for their musical contributions. Thank you also to Sydney for sitting down to talk with us and to share her experience. We really appreciate her uh, taking time out of her day to do that. And to hear more about her story too, check out our blog. We'll have some pictures and videos that she took while in Nicaragua. Thank you to all of you for listening. Now we want to pass the mic to you. This piece, titled Speak Up, Speak Out, comes from high school student Audrey. Drawing inspiration from her own experiences and observations within her community, Audrey wants to spread the message that the voices of young people are powerful tools that can overcome any intimidation. We are reaching the ceiling. They don't understand this feeling. We've been left unheard and constantly ignored. This time, I choose to use my voice as my sword. My heart skips a beat with feelings of defeat. It haunts us all, but I know we won't fall. They make the rules and then call us fools? We should all be a team. That is the dream. In the middle of the night, this is our time to fight. They don't listen to our voices. They don't let us make our choices. They tell us to stay away, but all we can do is hope and pray. Gather your words. It's our time to be heard. Regardless of our age, the world can be our stage. These are our lives. Don't think twice.